Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome back. Thanks for joining us on what should be a very interesting discussion this morning. We're calling it Vince McMahon, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, the allegations surrounding Vince McMahon have undoubtedly cast a shadow over his legacy. They've added layers upon layers of complexity to his story. And while Vince McMahon's impact on professional wrestling is undeniable, his involvement in various controversies and legal battles have left a stain on his reputation. The allegations of workplace misconduct and mistreatment, they've surfaced over the years. The claims of harassment, discrimination, and mishandling of talent have prompted scrutiny from both the media and wrestling fans alike. But despite these controversies, McMahon's legacy remains a subject of debate. While some fans view him as a trailblazer who revolutionized the sport and propelled it into the mainstream, others see him as a controversial figure whose actions have had far-reaching negative consequences for the industry as a whole. In the end, McMahon's legacy is a nuanced tapestry full of triumphs and controversies, successes and setbacks. His impact on professional wrestling is undeniable, but so too are the stains left by allegations of misconduct and ethical breaches. As history continues to unfold, the true extent of the McMahon legacy will be shaped by ongoing dialogue and critical examination. We hope to add to both of those on this episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I sit across from the chairman of our board, the confather, Tommy Fierro. Tommy, good morning, brother. What is going on? Good morning, Jumpin' Jay, and good morning to everyone out there listening this morning here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Uh, yeah, it's a topic that uh, needs to be talked about. I know that in recent weeks and months, you know, we, we were talking about the situation, and it was straying away from a lot of our topics that we were having, so I, we thought it would be a good idea to have a whole topic on Vince McMahon, and, 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 and listen, I grew up, and Jay, I know you grew up, the hugest, biggest WWF fans, and probably the majority of you listening to this right now has grown up huge, gigantic WWF fans, and, you know, up until a couple weeks ago, uh, not a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, or a year ago when stuff, you know, originally came out. I mean, Vince McMahon, to probably the majority of the wrestling world, whether it be wrestlers or, you know, staff or ring crew or fans or media or anyone, you know, Vince McMahon was considered, you know, I hate to use this word, but God in the world of professional wrestling. And we looked up to him, or the majority of us, looked up to him that way growing up, right? He was larger. I mean, everyone as kids was larger than life. But when you know, we were kids and, you know, Vince McMahon was just an announcer and we didn't know as kids yet that he was really the owner 
And then when we found out and learned more about his story and everything he did to transform wrestling into what it is today, it's, you know, and, and, and some wrestlers have come out and spoke about their uh, stance on it. You know, John Cena commented on it and Randy Orton recently did an interview and commented on it. And something Randy said, and I don't mean to paraphrase, but I don't know if it's word for word, but he said something along the lines of, you know, it really, you know, broke his heart. It, it messed up his heart really bad hearing this information. I think that, I, I don't mean to speak for everyone or you, you Jay, but for me, it kind of had the same effect. It broke my heart um, because you, you hold, especially me, I'm a, I'm a, a wrestling promoter, right? So, like, me, maybe not as a kid growing up, he wasn't a role model to me, but once I, you know, got involved in starting to run wrestling shows and marketing wrestling shows and whatnot, you know, he's, he's, he's the guy, right? So like, he kind of was like, I don't want to, I don't want to say he was like an idol of mine because he wasn't idol, but he's someone I held in the utmost highest regards ever uh, just because of the line of work that I do and what I grew up as a fan watching. So yeah, I think I had the same feeling uh, as Randy Orton says. Like it just, and I'm sure the majority of people on hold right now are going to say the same thing. It broke your heart. You feel, you feel like a, a knife was just like, <laughs> just like taken and just like pushed inside your heart because everything he's done now, unless you know, again, these are all allegations until it's uh, settled in the court of law. They are just, you know. For now, we can't comment much more on what we already know that everyone else knows. It's all public knowledge. But if it's to the point where all this stuff is true, you know, his his legacy, everything he's done uh, to make wrestling what it is today, he is wrestling. He made wrestling. I mean, I know that the wrestling was long before him, but, you know, everything was territorial system back then. And then he took the concept of the first WrestleMania – all the celebrities, I know we got people on hold already, but just think about it real quick. We're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of Vince McMahon. And I'm sure the majority of this, unfortunately, from all the news out there right now, is going to be the ugly or the bad. But let's think about real quickly before we dive into this topic, say let's talk about the good of Vince McMahon. And, and, and me as a promoter, you look back at the first WrestleMania in 1985 and just how – pop culture ahead of its time it was because not only did they take a concept and multiply it by thousands of different closed circuit providers throughout the United States but what they did was you know they wanted to broaden their horizon as far as the amount of people that would watch it so he had the idea of not only getting the wrestlers involved but outside of wrestling, different walks of life from entertainment. And at the time, Mr. T was probably one of the hottest actors and stars in, in the world. Uh, Cindy Lauper at the time, red hot. Uh, Muhammad Ali, heavyweight boxing champion. I mean, you can look at the, the celebrities at the first WrestleMania, and it was just so different than anything else you've ever seen before as a wrestling fan. Whereas, you know, it, it exploded. It got on MTV and the whole war to settle the score with 
Wendy and Cindy Lauper, and that led to the promotion for the first WrestleMania, and then everything with the uh, Hulkamania and the celebrities and the, all the stars aligned, and it exploded and took off. Uh, you, you know, you have to give him a huge, huge amount of credit, and I know everyone will, that he risked everything that he had on this concept that he thought deep down inside would work, and sure enough, it did, and it worked huge because while someone might not be a fan of professional wrestling and might be a huge A-team fan or a huge fan of Cindy Lauper or MTV, now those people are, are tuning in to see, hey, what is Cindy Lauper going to do at this WWF thing, or what is Muhammad Ali going to do if a wrestler gets in this space, or you know, how's Mr. T going to be able to wrestle against these real wrestlers? Like, there were so many uh, different angles and avenues and opportunities leading into that first WrestleMania. I just thought it was a, a, a really, really, really brilliant idea and concept that at the time, this is 1985, there's no social media, there's no nothing. So it was a huge gamble. It obviously paid off. So I think when we're talking about today's topic, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that, my friend, has to be uh, on the top of the good list. He transformed wrestling, and uh, he made it what it is today. Yeah, that's what makes that's what makes the debate about his legacy challenging. Because from a business side of things, and I want I I don't know Vince McMahon, and so it is hard, as a person, you know, and. None of us are perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. There's good in everybody. And there's stuff that there's decisions everybody makes that they're not proud of or that if they could go back and maybe make a different decision, they would. The benefit that a lot of us have is our decisions maybe aren't on the scale of somebody like a Vince McMahon. And so the thing, the decisions I make in my life that I wish I could maybe make again, hopefully don't have the far reaching negative consequences that Vince McMahon's, the allegations of what his decisions were have. If, if everything that we've heard recently about Vince McMahon is true, then the, the way he had negatively affected other human beings lives is a very sad thing. And so as a wrestling fan, the challenge we have is do the bad personal decisions that this individual made, does that erase the perceived good that he's done throughout his career? As a wrestling fan, I am beyond thankful that the industry of pro wrestling was given a platform to where the art form can shine and that a young 10-year-old and under me could fall in love with the sport. If Vince McMahon didn't come along at the time Vince McMahon came along, would I have fallen in love with pro wrestling? Would I have, would I have it as shaped uh, my childhood, and would I be still talking about it today in my adulthood? That's there's a good chance that 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 wouldn't have happened. That Vince McMahon was the visionary, was the guy that came along at the right time to take it from a small regional territory business into the global phenomenon 
that we know now. So I'm thankful that that happened. Not knowing Vince McMahon, but I can make some assumptions on the type of personality it takes to accomplish that. Does it surprise me that maybe he's making choices that negatively affect other people? No. Like my brain can say, if you're going to get to the top of a, of a business industry, a lot of times those people that do that have characteristics that make them, you know, maybe a little narcissistic, maybe a little greedy, maybe a little, you know, on the, they're motivated by money and power. And so I can understand somebody who's motivated by those things making bad choices in their personal life as well. I think the challenge today, Tommy, is to how do we rectify that as a wrestling fan? Can, does, does bad decisions erase all good contributions? Um, are we not allowed to be thankful for the positive things he brought to the business? Are we not allowed to talk to him? Do we have to brush them into the shadows? Because in all honesty, when it comes down to it, there's that saying, it is, it is nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. You know, the way, if the allegations are true, the way he treated individuals, you, you can't be a fan of that. And so what's the trade-off? You know, does, does his poor decisions erase the good that he brought to the industry? And uh, I don't know if I have the answer to that, Tommy. I don't know if you have the answer to that. I think that's something that all wrestling fans, no pun intended, are wrestling with on the topic of Vince McMahon's yeah. legacy. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Jay. And it, and it is like you, at, at one point, and we're going to, we'll, we'll get to the callers in just a second. Uh, there's one side where you're like, you almost feel, I don't know, you almost feel bad. <laughs> I know this sounds really weird. I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to explain it in the right way. You almost feel like you're doing something wrong by just disowning yourself from Vince McMahon. Like, even though we're just, you know, uh, everyone listening is just fans and we're just fans and we don't, you know, we don't work for him personally or we don't know him personally, you, you almost feel like you do because his creation was such a gigantic part of, or, and still is of um, the majority of our lives that is, that is listening to this right now. So like it's, 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 it's hard to juggle it because someone that you hold in such high regards your entire existence, all of a sudden you find out that this man is not, uh, who you thought he was, you know, and, and I know we keep saying allegedly and allegations and whatnot, but I'm pretty certain that those text messages that were, you know, exposed online for everyone to read. And I believe that those, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that those texts were actually included in the lawsuit. I believe Jay, if I'm wrong, correct me on that, but if that's the case, then those are, in fact, if they are, in fact, the Texas from uh, Vince McMahon, I mean, the proof is, unfortunately, in the pudding right there. So let me ask you this, Tommy. Just neither one of us know him on a personal level. And so a part of me feels very unqualified to intelligently discuss him because we only know – the first thing we know is the public persona of him, what we were told about him originally and now what we know is the public uh stuff that's coming out on the negative side so we neither one of us really know him personally so it's tough for us to speak into his life or what kind of person he is but 
are you surprised at the allegations or do you think that do you were you surprised at the allegations or do you now having heard that news you kind of go oh I, I could see that fitting the 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 type of person I perceive him to be I'll tell you what man working in the wrestling business like I do uh nothing surprises me unfortunately um yeah I, I listen I think it's a I think it's unfortunately a situation where maybe he thought he was untouchable. Maybe he thought that no matter what he did, he can get away with, and no one has ever challenged him. No one has ever spoke out against him, really. He beat the federal, he beat the government once before in the steroid trial, right, in the early 90s. And, uh, you know, now now you have a situation where these old stories are starting to come back out now, Jane. This is what I'm worried about as far as the industry goes. Like, the Ashley Mazzaro story uh, is back out again where anyone out there that doesn't know that story, she was apparently uh, overseas for a tribute to the troops. Um, I don't believe it was the actual show. I believe it was a promotion for it, if I'm not mistaken. Either way allegedly uh, something happened and she was raped by one of the soldiers and then she went to WWE and, you know, they wanted to cover it up because of their working relationship with the government. And unfortunately, several years later, she committed suicide. And now this story is out now over the last couple of weeks. If you see it online now, Hey Jay, listen, I'm not, I'm no lawyer, but if, you are the family of Ashley Mazzaro and, you know, all these different stories and allegations are coming out on Vince. If you were, if you were one of her family members, if you were her daughter or her parents and you knew the story, what was going on, I mean, that's a, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. And that's one of the things that I was scared about when this first came out. And we talked about this probably last month on the, on the podcast when all this news first broke. Now that uh, she came out for all this stuff and, you know, there's been uh, talks of many others that have uh, come out. Uh, you saw Paul Roma and I'm talking about, I'm talking about females by the way. And then you saw Paul Roma come out. He did an interview. Uh, now it's coming out about, uh, you know, Terry Garvin and Pat Patterson back in the day. So like there's a whole new generation of, uh, there was no social media back then in, in the 80s when all this stuff was going with the, the, the steroid scandal and, the, you know, the ring boy situation and, you know, all this other stuff. And there was no social media really. And not really. There was no social media. Now there's everything everywhere. So, like, these new stories, not new stories, these old stories that are coming out that today's reporters had no idea about, now that these stories are coming out, I'm afraid that they're going to go start digging deeper and, and see all the stuff that's happened over the last 30, 40 years. And, and I don't know, man, I just, I just don't have a, I don't have a good feeling uh, because, you know, social media news websites and just news in general, and they, they, they're hunting for the next big clickbait. And there's going to be a lot of clickbait there, man. And I'm just worried that, stuff that's happened in the past is going to, is going to be dug back up. And then the more scary part is that people are going to come forward and, 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 and tell their story. And I don't know, man, I, I think that this is going to be a continuing conversation this year on the podcast. 
Yeah, and we'll get to the calls here because my head is just spinning because I also, if this stuff has been taking place throughout the history of the WWE, it should come to light and those people that were negatively affected should somehow get, I don't even know how you provide resolution for something that happened years ago, but they need to figure out a way and they need to make sure that if this behavior is part of the culture, that that gets corrected. Because I don't, for as much as you and I love professional wrestling, we would not trade. If we knew that this type of stuff was going on, we would have said, you know what, keep, keep it all to yourself. We don't want to be fans of this. Like, it's not a fair trade-off. We're not selfish in saying we love pro wrestling so much that if this stuff is going on, they just don't need to talk about it and just keep wrestling where it's at. The type of behavior uh, cannot be condoned. And so I don't think you and I um, would say, you know what, you can have this wrestling industry, but the back end of it is all this bad stuff has to happen to these people. That's not the trade-off that wrestling fans were looking for. We're, I think we're disappointed that the thing we love is tainted by people. But again, I'm not, it's hard to be surprised because, it's a it's a troubled world we live in and these things these things take place and we just you know i don't know sometimes you're you wish that you didn't know the world had this stuff going in but unfortunately the reality is it does happen and so now we're left with you know what's what's our place in it as wrestling fans and what can be our hope for the the future of the industry um that is a question that is way beyond my pay grade but hopefully some of the callers online can weigh in and give us their feedback Again, we're talking about Vince McMahon, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And as Tommy pointed out, right now, the ugly is pretty much all you see everywhere you look. Um, and so how do we weigh that against the good that he did uh, or the perceived good that he did for the industry? We'll jump into the call line and we'll see if uh, people more intelligent than I can speak into the matter. Up first, Babyface Brian from Chico, California. Babyface Brian, good morning, sir. Thank you for calling in. Hey, good morning, Jay. Good morning, Tommy. Um, want to say real quick also, uh, before I talk about Vince, condolences to the uh, friends, family, and fans of Ole Anderson and uh, Virgil. Um, so uh, at some point, either now or uh, before the end of the show, I'd love to hear a story from Tommy, who had many dealings with Virgil in particular. I know he shared one on social media Love to hear either more about that or something else that you might have about Virgil. Tommy, uh, condolences to you as one of his friends and somebody that did business with him over the years. Yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'm sorry I did not bring this up at the, the top of the show. We, we were so uh, prepping for this episode because it's a big one. I know a lot of people want to hear about it and talk about it. But, yeah, I, I would love to uh, quickly weigh in on that. Thank you for bringing that up. So, yeah, so Virgil was actually in talks about coming to this year's 80s Wrestling Con. It was something that he looked forward to every year. And I will tell that quick story, by the way, uh, Brian, that I shared on my personal Facebook page yesterday. Jay, you'll get a kick out of this. So Virgil loved 80s Wrestling Con. He would come in the night before every year, and, you know, we'd hang out in the hotel lobby at nighttime, and everyone, that's the funnest part of it, you know. So he the last couple of years he was the last man standing with us he was hanging out with us in, in uh 
in the lobby that the last time it was like like three o'clock in the morning that finally because I'm setting up I'm getting everything ready the night before so I'm up I'm up all night anyway so uh, we're in the hotel lobby it's like three o'clock so we're finally gonna go to sleep now every year for 80s wrestling con uh, Ace Darling who's my best friend Mike Moraldo shout out to him and if uh, you're on YouTube check out his awesome uh, YouTube page wrestling then and now he does tons of uh, different interviews with guys. Uh, he, he puts up a couple of new interviews every week, so, so check them out. So anyway, he was, he's always in, in, he always stays with me over the night before when he helps me out. So I was still downstairs with uh, Mike Harris, who, who wrestles in ISW as Michael Mars, and we were hanging out with Virgil, and, uh, you know, I said, hey, Virgil, can you come back up to my room real quick? We wanted, <laughs> we, we wanted to play a rib on, on uh, Ace Darling, so... We go up there, and Ace is sound asleep in, in, in the one bed. Uh, Virgil comes in. He gets on top of the bed, and he does a superfly snooker splash from the one bed onto Ace Darling, who was sound asleep. Imagine being sound asleep in a hotel room and getting splashed at 3 o'clock in the morning by Virgil. And the best part is uh, there's a video of it. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get it up on the uh, 80s Wrestling Twitter page. You can't post a YouTube link, really, or, or on the Facebook page. You really can't do it on uh, Instagram. I'm going to try and get that uh, video up later today. So anyone that wants to head over to 80s Wrestling on Facebook or our Twitter page, I'm going to I'm going to post that video of Virgil uh, Ribbon Ace Darling at uh, the night before 80s Wrestling Con. But, yeah, man, it was really sad. Uh, really nice guy. Always had great dealings with him. And uh, it's in judging by the re- amount of people that uh, paid tribute to him yesterday, uh, he definitely uh, made his mark and legacy in the world of professional wrestling. Well, thanks again for that story, and I'm sorry for your loss. You've uh, seen a lot of, we've all seen a lot of loss in the wrestling world, and being somebody that has uh, uh, known so many of these guys, I know every one of them hurts you, my friend. But uh, as far as uh, Vince McMahon, uh, we we talked about it in the past. Uh, I'll say that uh, I'm not going to let the uh, the current stuff that we've found out um, ruin my fandom. It's something where all the good that uh, all the good from back in the day that that I saw and enjoyed so much. Um, it, it's so much more than just Vince. There's so many guys that that put their lives and their hearts and their souls into wrestling that. Uh, that I'm still going to look about, uh, you know, upon it fondly. Uh, as you mentioned, all the past scandals, it sounds like there's been a culture that it's kind of been let slide over the years um, uh, of negative stuff that's happened to people in and around it, where it, uh, I didn't think that he was specifically involved with those, um, those things that happened in the eighties, but, but it did, he did let it slide. Um, and then, uh, you know, when he kind of tried to show us kind of more who he was, it seems like with the uh, uh, the evil character that he became and the, and the, the kiss my ass club and that kind of stuff. I wasn't really watching at that point. I I kind of left for 20 years from 93 to 2013 where I wasn't really watching wrestling. Um, and then with the, uh, the the really ugly stuff that's come out recently, you know, if somehow. Uh, they they let him back into the fold. It's I don't know that I could support the product. I think I'd just be done with it. So I'm glad that uh, 
he's away from it now. Um, it's it, it, it's it's somewhere like I say. It's it just really upsets me that he has uh, tarnished the legacy of everyone who has been involved in wrestling and made a uh, a negative impact on all of their lives. So all these guys that I've looked up to and enjoyed watching over the years have uh, their legacies have been affected by this. And for that, I'm I'm just sad and sorry about it. And and uh, and feel bad for you know you Tommy. Um, as a guy that's a promoter and somebody that makes his living and feeds his family on the back of wrestling. And for you, Jay and myself and millions of others, I feel bad for us as fans. How now we have this uh, bad taste in our mouth that uh, has come from a culture that Vince um, allowed to happen. And now as we're finding out, you know, uh, has, uh, has contributed heavily to and gotten further and further uh, into the negative side of things, apparently. So, um, like I say, I'll, I'll, I'll choose to still look on, on that era fondly and, and honor the legacy of the guys that put their hearts and souls into it. Um, but it, it's just a real sad day that, uh, that things are tarnished in the way they've been tarnished. So, uh, thanks for hey, uh, hey, Brian, having me back on. Yes, sir. Brian, before you leave, I have a quick question for you. So I know that, uh, you are a gigantic LJN guy. You have your own LJN podcast. You do tons of uh, repaints and post them on your Twitter page. And obviously, before all this happened, the Vince McMahon figure, especially new on the card, was a hot, hot item. Now, I own a wrestling store, and I know my answer, but I want to know your answer. Is what happened, because for me personally, I don't carry any Chris Benoit merchandise in my store. If someone comes in, with a lot of stuff and they want a, a, a lot of different items and any Benoit stuff I won't take. I just, I won't have them in like shirts, programs, magazines, figures, anything with him on it. I don't want it in my store. And that's just my personal preference. Now the mystic man thing is really, really, really tricky. Um, I mean that LJN brand new, if someone came in here with an LJN on card as Vince McMahon and wanted to sell it to me, I don't know, man. I, what, what, what's your take on it? Is it is that still a figure you want, or you think that the value will go up on that figure or down on the figure, or or just a case by case basis, just per, people's own uh, their own prerogative? What, what, what's your take on it? Because you're such an avid LGN collector. So my take, I bought it in 2015 or 2016 when I co- you know finished my collection. I have a decent um, loose. Vince and I got it. I think it was fifty to sixty bucks. Currently, like before this happened, I had a friend that was looking for it and found one, and they were mostly going for a hundred, hundred and twenty. It seemed like, um, you know, in twenty twenty four, there's currently guys trying to get two or three hundred bucks because uh, you know the. I'm sure there's a lot of guys that just don't want it in their connect collection anymore, and they want to max out the profit on it. And I get that, but I feel like when it um, I feel like people aren't going to pull the trigger on it for much more than it was going for before. I feel like overall the price will go down. It doesn't mean the price that people are asking will go down, but I don't see how it helps the figure. Um, as a completionist for the line, I'm going to hang on to it. It's not prominently displayed. I've got it, you know, at the very back of my shelf full of figures where it's, it's not something I'm uh, 
pulling out and taking pictures of. I always post guys in their LJN on their birthday, and I'm, I'm not going to do that for Vince anymore. And it's it's something where um, I, if I didn't have it, I'd be fine with that, and I wouldn't buy it. But I'm not going to try and sell it. I'll just keep it in the collection in the back of the shelf and uh, and not pay it any more attention than I feel it deserves. So um, if I if I had a, a chance to buy one for a great price or a loose on card, I'd pass. You know, so that's that's just my feelings on it. And and thanks you guys. Thank you guys so much for uh, for the opportunity to speak again with you. So much I enjoy talking to you guys every week. So have a great rest of the show and a great rest of your week, my friends. You too, hey, you too Brian. You, Thank you so much. Yeah, that's an interesting question about collectibles and what happens to A, the value, and B, just the desire for it. I will tell you this, Tommy. Uh, the Vince McMahon LJN figures was one of my favorite LJN figures. Like, I love the design. I love the pose. I love the colors. Like, it's a, it's a really, in my opinion, it's a really well done LJN. Um, of course, really doesn't mean anything at this point, but because um, my take on LJNs, I love the LJN line. I have a large collection of them. I don't have them complete yet. There's still a couple guys that I'm on the hunt for. But my thing with LJNs is some of the guys I think are really well done, and some of the figures lack a little bit in either the sculpt or the paint area. Um, but Vince is one that I really did like, and so... Yeah, that's an interesting question when it comes to collectibles. Yeah, man. Hey, real quick, before we jump to the next call, a funny story you'll laugh at this one because I was just talking about uh, Chris Benoit not having any of his merchandise in my store. So I have a section of the store where it's all loose figures, which is good for the little kids that come in or you know, three for 20 bucks, and the kids usually pick out three figures or whatever. So the little kid picks out the figures with his mom, and it comes up to the counter, to, and the mom's paying for them. And she says, oh, who are these? I think the first one was like Randy Orton. The second one was another guy that was very well known. And then the third guy was Chris Benoit. He snuck into the, the loose, the loose bin. So when, when they asked me who Chris Benoit was, like I felt so bad telling the lady it was Chris Benoit that she goes home and Googles it and he's, he murdered his family and she bought his yeah. figure at my store. I'm like, Oh, I have no idea who that is. I don't know. It doesn't look familiar to me. So I didn't, I didn't want to say it was Chris Benoit. But, um, yeah, the, the, the merchandise aspect of it is going to be real tricky. Yeah, it's interesting how – because sometimes, like, there is a market of people that like the abnormal or the weird collectible. And so there are some, some people that might think the value should go up, where most collectors, when stuff like that happens, the, the unfortunate Benoit situation and now the McMahon situation – the natural, I feel like the more normalized approach is you kind of want to distance yourself from it, but there are people that go the opposite way and maybe want to add it to the collection now. And so, yeah, it's weird how uh, prices like that can fluctuate depending on situations. Um, interesting conversation thus far, the good, the bad, and the ugly of Vince McMahon and where we as fans think his legacy now lies. We're going to keep this conversation rolling by touching base with good friend of the show, longtime listener, longtime caller, Matt from Boston. Matt, good morning, sir. Thank you for calling in. So in having a week to think about this topic, um, you know, I really, I really first said to myself, I'm going to just focus on the positive. Um, 
And as the, as the days moved along, I said, okay, but how do you do that? How do you, how do you ignore the negative? And I ultimately got to the point where I was like, well, you can't. Um, and, and through the first, you know, 36 minutes of the conversation today, I think that it's clear why you can't. Um, so, so it was an interesting thought experiment because there's so many positives and, and, you know, as a, as a business guy, I think that there are so many shrewd, aggressive, great things over the years. And, you know, those things still happened. They're still there, but now it's all, you know, a cloud of negative, um, which is fair. Um, Jay, your, your, your point about, you know, everybody makes mistakes, you know, those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. I, I agree with that. However, there's a, there's a, there's a tipping point where sure we all make mistakes. We're all human. We're all fallible. hundred percent agree. Me I'll raise my, be the first one to raise my hand. You know, I'd love a lot of do overs in life, but at some point, if you get to a point where you're like, well, this kind of goes beyond that. Um, and it's, it's hard to, to reconcile. And, and the, the LJN question, I, I know I mentioned this a few weeks ago. I had just found kind of the, the LJN Vince figure I was looking for, really high end, nearly mint loose condition. And I got it at, you know, a fairly decent price for 2024. Certainly not, you know, Babyface Brian's price a few years ago. I think it was like 120. And I felt really great about that. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold on to it. Um, but I'm probably more like Babyface Brian. It, it won't be displayed prominently. Um, but I don't know that I want to give it up. Now, <laughs> to, to where you kind of just uh, ended, there is definitely an entire cottage industry of memorabilia, whatever you want to call it, of serial killers, uh, you know, all sorts of bad dudes, bad people. Um, I don't know much about that cottage industry. I know it exists. I know people are after that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't get it. It's not for me, but it definitely exists. So in terms of the price, I, I'm, you know, I'm a little fascinated to see what happens with the price point of Vince, you know, merchandise, the LJN specifically, um, but no, but no more than that. Um, it, it's, it's really hard. I mean, there's, there's so much positive, like, so this, this community here, Jay and, and Tommy, this podcast, the whole, everything you guys do, the conventions, it's so positive and so great. And it's such, it's such a great group of people that participate, you know, Babyface Brian's crushing it with his stuff on, on, on Twitter and his repaints. And I've bought multiple figures from him because <laughs> they're so fantastic. Um, you know, and firefighter Brian, as he announced last week is now expecting, and that's amazing and so positive And I love all the positivity, but you can't ignore the negative. And man, I, I got to the point where I think where I, I really got to, you know, with all the positive things that, you know, I've kind of took away over the years from Vince that, you know, these lawsuits, they, they did not screw Vince. Vince screwed Vince. And that's the end of it, right? The choices you make in your life, you gotta, you gotta own them, you know, and, and, and that's it. And so it, it's really, it's really, you know, we, we talked about this kind of in depth a few weeks ago on the show, but, um, 
I feel for all the victims. I, you know, I feel for all the the collateral damage, the families and the children. Every it's it's hard. I, I'm almost at a loss for words because I, you know, it's so hard to reconcile. Um, I love the scooping up talent and the nationwide expansion and the and the pay-per-view and cable and all the business things that I thought were just so great. There's, there's, they still exist, and there's, they still were great business moves, but, man, it's tough to talk about. Tough to talk about. That's kind of where I'm at. Well, I appreciate you weighing in, and I think your, your point about, you know, accountability matters. If, if, if he indeed made these decisions, then he needs to stand up and say, yep, I did this stuff, and he needs to hold himself accountable, and he needs to allow the legal system to hold himself accountable as well. Matt, if I'm being honest with you, the other thing that I have trouble rectifying in my mind is, of course, the billionaire owner of a global juggernaut is out of touch with regular people and regular ethical guidelines. The trouble I have is now it's in a world that I'm a fan of. And so that's it's tough for me because no doubt I can see that the allegations are probably 100% true. Vince McMahon probably did the things people are saying he did. And it doesn't surprise me that an out-of-touch person in his seat of power and fame would lose touch with kind of that ethical code that keeps us all in check. Unfortunately, it's in a world that I love. And so I think that's where, for a lot of fans, you want to write him off for his behavior, but you don't want to write off the product of his business IQ. And so I don't know how we rectify that as fans going forward. Yeah. So, Jay, that's that's really interesting because, you know, I think it's been said on multiple DVDs over the years. You know, one of one of Vince's strengths was, you know, surrounding himself with smart people and listening to other people. And that, I think, uh, as a principal, I agree 100 percent with. I, I, I've gone my entire professional career thinking with, you know, if, if you ever find yourself as the smartest person in the room, you, you need to find a new room. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I just, I'm baffled if, if that's true, right? And he surrounds himself with these smart, intelligent people. Where are these people? Where, what happened here? What, what happened institutionally where none of these smart people felt they could at any point stand up and say something or do something? I, I don't know. Hey, let me, let me, let me, hey, Matt, what's going on, man? Let me, <clears throat> I'm going to just jump in and jump in the conversation real quick. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking when, when you just said that, and I have the same thoughts. So is it a situation where outside of John Laurinaitis that really no one knew the extent of what was going on in this particular situation with Janelle? Uh, or was it something that more people knew about and they, you know, kind of like, turned their head to it and made like they didn't know about it. This this is the stuff that's going to come out in the upcoming weeks and months. And I'm, that's another thing what I'm nervous about is I don't want to see awesome people that work there. And I don't want to say any names to jinx anyone or anything like that. But I mean, everyone can put two and two together and think who's there and who's running stuff right now. And God forbid, you know, something comes out where this person who obviously had nothing to do with it and is probably 100% against it, some way, somehow knew about it and didn't, like, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about 
innocent good people getting dragged into this really, really dirty puddle of mud. And is it? And you're talking about about all these people. Like, there's no one saying anything. Like, is it a situation where he just one, like I said earlier, just thought he can get away with doing whatever he wanted to do, and nothing was going to happen? Or is it a situation where is it like, is he going fucking? Excuse my language. Is he going crazy? I mean, in this day and age with technology in 2023 and 24, how can you send texts like that? Being a billionaire and and you being such a high profile individual, like it's, it just it doesn't make sense. Is it a situation where he he's lost his marbles? Is it a situation where he's you know he just thought he was invincible? It's a lot. It's weird, man. It's it's not the Vincent man that we knew growing up as kids, right, Matt? Yeah, certainly not. And you know we'll find out. Tommy, if it goes to trial, holy moly, is the, the, the depositions are going to be, you know, in the dozens, the witnesses and the do- it's going to be it, the, the amount of collateral damage. If it goes to trial, um, witness testimony up and down the up and down the, you know, the company. What did you know? What 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 are in your emails? What are in your email? You know, oh, my goodness. You're right on, you know it will likely impact so many people. So many people will probably be outed. And that's a, that's a too strong a word. It will come out that, you know, some people probably did know, but th- there wasn't, there wasn't a path to do anything about it is what, you know, likely is likely, but yeah. All right. I, I, I've, I've had my say, gentlemen, thank you very much. Um, let you get to somebody else. Be good. Matt, thank, thank you, so you very much, Matt. Matt. Appreciate it. <clears throat> the conversation continues to roll on. The legacy of Vince McMahon, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got callers. Uh, thank you for waiting uh, on hold. We're going to get you guys next as this conversation continues uh, to be examined. The dialogue is ongoing, uh, and we'll check in with some other fans here and see how they're feeling about uh, where the Vince McMahon legacy is indeed headed. Uh, up next, huge wrestling fan, great friend of the show. It's time for Total with Tom. Tom, good morning, sir. Thank you for calling in. Good morning. I am a huge wrestling fan, but I also have a lot of friends that don't follow professional wrestling. And I find it very interesting when I bring this topic up to them, they claim to know nothing about it. I am interested to hear, do you guys speak to other people outside of the wrestling industry that know about what's going on with Vince McMahon. Uh, you know, for that's... me, per hey, Tom, how are you? For, for, for the most part, for me, um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really talk to many people outside of uh, the wrestling business, outside, uh, outside of my, you know, my wife's family. I mean, they, they obviously, they, they, they watch the news, so, uh, they know about it, and it, it, it's gonna find. I'm gonna find that for me personally, the, just the people associated around my life. Uh, everyone has heard about it, but again, I'm I'm in a different situation. You are. I I work uh, with these people every day. Where you you're going to a a different job where you know unless you don't unless you follow wrestling, uh, you might not know about it if you don't watch the news or you know read the newspaper. So yeah, I mean, this probably definitely. 
uh, definitely people out there that don't know about it. Now, real quickly, before I bring it over to you, Jane, and get your reaction of your friends and family about it, because you do a wrestling podcast, so I'm sure that your father-in-law, who bought stuff from this store as a Christmas present to you, he must have an opinion on it that, that his son-in-law talks about this. So, But real quickly, uh, I want to make mention um, – what was I going to say? I was going to bring up some. I was going to tie it back to something. That's okay. I, I'll come back to that. But, Jay, what is your take on it, uh, your, 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 your side's take on it out there in Minnesota where, you know, your, your, your family and friends might not be wrestling fans, but they know that you might do a wrestling podcast. Like me, people might not be wrestling fans, but they see me driving in the neighborhood with a showman uh, – on his car and, and the wrestling collector and ISPW, you know, I'm a, a I'm a, a walking, driving uh, billboard for wrestling. So uh, it's, yeah, I, it's, it's a little different for me, but Jay, what is, what, how about you? What is your friends and family saying about this? Do they know about it? You know what? It's, it's interesting. As soon as Toto and Tom said that, I realized nobody has nobody in my circle of family and friends have asked me about it. And so either a, they don't know about it. They're not following, you know, a lot of the stuff I follow is wrestling related. And so that's popping up all the time for me. But if you don't, if you don't care to, to follow that type of news, maybe it's not hitting the mainstream as much as it feels like it is to, to us wrestling fans. And I think that's where I'm coming with this, because it's a shame. It should. It needs to have more traction. Uh, we heard all about Epstein and what he was doing. We all heard about Weinstein and what he was doing. I mean, when O.J. murdered his wife and was driving along the freeway, we all knew what he was doing. I mean, different era, because there wasn't the Internet back then. And it could be these algorithms that we all have on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, social media, are directing you and I to this particular type of information. I don't know if people sit down and watch the news anymore. I think they really get their news from the phone, the Internet, and social media. So unless you're really, you know, your algorithms are set up for pro wrestling, I don't think a lot of people are following what's going on with this Vince McMahon situation. And to add on to what Massachusetts Matt was saying, he says he thinks it's going to go to court. It is never going to go to court. It will cost too much money. Okay, these insurance companies that override these companies will ask for a settlement. It'll never hit the light of day. And I think that's wrong. I think it does need to be out in the open. I think people need to know that this type of behavior is not okay. That was my point. Now, if I could just change gears for one second and talk about that idiot fireman Brian. I heard last week what happened, and I think he's giving you guys the slip or he's giving me the slip because here's what really happened fireman brian heard that total with tom was bringing a little bit of uh you know protection with him to 80s wrestling con and the name of mikey whipwreck came up a few times i don't know if you guys know the deal between mikey whipwreck and fireman brian a few months ago fireman brian was a ring announcer promotion and he came into the ring and did some ring announcing, and Mikey Whipwreck embarrassed and destroyed him in the ring. And when word got out that Mikey Whipwreck was going to be behind Total Tom at 80s Wrestling Con, he 
turned his tail and ran away. So you know what I think about Fireman Brian? <laughs> oh, man. Is he, is he still there? I'm here. Okay, he's, he's here. <laughs> he, yeah, he's yeah, got his own listen, sound effects listen, built I, in I now. Was, I, was, I was siding with you last week. I don't know if you heard the episode. Uh, I was siding with you. I think he's ducking you, man. I think he's ducking you. I, I think he's on hold, though, so we'll find out from him uh, very shortly if that's the case. Real quick, Tom, before you leave, I want to bring this up uh, to you to get your, your thoughts on this. What do you see, because you're a long-time wrestling fan, what do you see happening and how do you see this playing out? Because obviously more situations and more stories are going to be coming to light. Uh, the media is going to be digging up the past. You're, you're seeing that happen right now with Paul Roma talking. They're talking about, you know, Terry Garvin and Pat Patterson in with the ring boy from the 80s. All these different situations that have already happened they're digging back up. Plus the stuff that's about to come out, I want to say that I think that, for your thoughts on that, I think that it is going to wind up being in the, in the media and the news the way, not the way you want it to be, cause, but the way it should be. Because with WrestleMania coming closer and, you know, the rock back now, and, and, and this, is, this is the unfortunate part about all of this, and I'm sure everyone will agree with this, is that the WWE is super, super red hot right now. They are selling out everywhere they go. Uh, they're, over, they're overseas tours. You know, they, they're, they're doing Italy. They have a handful of tickets left. They're doing France. They have a handful of tickets left. I mean, they're selling out everywhere they go. They're red hot. They have so many over baby faces right now, so many over characters, everything. All the stars are aligning, right? And now – with more stuff coming out, it's going to be even though he's not no longer associated with the WWE. You hear Vince McMahon; he's the WWE. Period. Whether he's there or not anymore, that's the first thing you're going to think of when you hear the word Vince McMahon. Like when you hear the word Tommy Fierro, you automatically think handsome, right, Jay? So when you hear Vince McMahon, you automatically think millionaire. <laughs> like I, I'm only kidding. Oh, uh, I got you did that. You hear Vince. McMahon, you hear Vince McMahon, the first thing you think about is wrestling, right? It's the first thing you think of. Is it the, is it the first wrestling. thing we think about because we grew up in that era? Do you think if you ask a young fan of today's product who Vince McMahon was, do you think they would associate him that closely to wrestling like we do? No, they'll, they'll, they'll say – they'll go to their, their dad and say who, – who, who, go, to, go to their dad who got them involved in wrestling and says, hey, daddy – you know, WrestleMania is coming up. I want a Cody Rhodes figure. And the dad knows that fucking Vince McMahon hasn't been the nicest guy over the last, you know, few months or years or whatever. I mean, it just, I don't know, man. It just, it just puts a black eye on the business. And I'm sure that you guys think that as well. And I'm sure everybody thinks that. It, it sucks because we don't want, we don't want there to be a black eye. This is, we've been waiting, how long have we all been waiting as fans for this period? to happen again where, you know, you had the, the, the boom period of MTV rock and wrestling. You had it again with Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Attitude Era, and it feels like we're about to get another boom period again. It really, really feels that way. And this is the worst timing it. possible. What's that, What's that Tom? We're, we're in the boom period. We're, we've been in it for about a year. But look, I know there's only a few minutes left in the show, and Fireman hasn't been on yet, so that'll take you past the hour. So I just want to say, Tommy, I am coming up on Saturday. 
to visit you at the wrestling Rock and Wrestling Collector. I hope I'll get a chance to see you then. Awesome, man. I'll be there. All right. All right. Thank you, Toto and Tom, for calling in and weighing in. And, yeah, waiting in their wings is the father-to-be, the one that Toto and Tom was referencing. It's none other than firefighter Brian. Brian, good morning, sir. Thank you for calling in. And, once again, congratulations on uh, the expected child. Thank you, Jay. Good morning, gentlemen. And uh, and thank you to everyone. Good morning, and uh, just uh, thank you quick to everybody who uh, texted me, messaged me uh, with their uh, well wishes. It really means a lot. Um, okay, I called to talk about wrestling, but let's um, address that garbage for a second. I'm not I, – yeah, I heard the end of last week's show after I was off the air. I heard all that shit, and I heard just what, what, what Total what Tom just said. I'm not ducking anybody, okay? I'm putting my family first, and I spoke to my wife last week, and she said, Brian, I'll be fine. You can go. have a good time. So, Whoa. you know, as, as, exactly. Whoa. As long as, woo, as long as everybody, as everything is okay, which I'm sure it will be. Listen, we've uh, we've been through a lot. Let's just leave it at that. So that's why I said that last week. But, Tom, I will be <laughs> Mikey Whipwreck. Listen, man, if I survive the Mikey Whipwreck whippersnapper, I'll survive you, okay, pal? So uh, I got more friends than you do, okay? I'll have the Strombolis in my corner. That's all I need, okay? <laughs> so with that, okay, now um, – uh, that as far as okay, what I want want to say about Vince McMahon. Listen, I don't think that what's going on with Vince McMahon, and I said this uh, a few weeks ago, is really going to affect going right now, because you you saw like Tommy, you called when uh, Slim Jim pulled their ad from uh, the Royal Rumble, then Vince resigns and they got right back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that this is going to um, affect what they are doing right now because, I mean, and, and this is what, what's so sad about this is, you know, Tom brought up, you know, the Harvey Weinstein, um, OJ, but also, you know, people like, you know, just trailblazers like, uh, like Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby, for me, listen, no, I'm not excusing what Bill Cosby did, but, you know, me, like so many other Americans, grew up with Bill Cosby. He's a national treasure, whether it be I Spy, uh, Fat Albert, of course, The Cosby Show, and, of course, nothing uh, said love it like Jello Pudding. We, we all. Uh, grew up with uh, with Bill Cosby. He's a national treasure. And you see rewards and honors rescinded. And it's sad that somebody that is such a groundbreaking performer, Cosby Show, such a groundbreaking show, is um, um, dampered, tarnished by what he had done. And Vince, what, you know what, um, Vince, a, a very 
big, I think, a very underrated moment in Vince's career and in the history of the WWF was the 87 Slammies. And the reason being, everybody trashed Vince, panned him for going on stage and singing Stand Back at the show. And everybody said, what the hell is he doing? He's got to be kidding me. All these years later, who's the only man left standing? Okay? He took everybody out in embarrassing fashion. Okay? He pretty much bought the whole wrestling business, for better or worse. Okay? But he took the company and his business into places nobody ever thought would be possible. Okay? Now, as far as Vince the man goes... Okay, and I'll say this quick because we're at 11 here. Okay, the, you know, when he did segments, you know, in the Ruthless Aggression era with, you know, with uh, with some of the women on the roster, Trish Stratus, Tori Wilson, um, Stacey Keebler, okay? I remember watching these segments and I'm thinking to myself, how much of this is acting? And how much of this is, A, an older man living out his sexual fantasies, B, a man who looks to have some experience in doing this, which may be why he's so good at acting, or C, of course, both. So it really didn't come as too much of a surprise, but I didn't expect all this garbage that you're hearing. And it's sad because Vince did uh, – you can't have a Mount Rushmore of wrestling without Vince McMahon. What, 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 are you, what are you going to think? I think you're summing up exactly what all of us fans are, are thinking. We're not shocked that this type of behavior is being accused of Vince McMahon because none of us know him personally. We only know his public persona, but like you said – some of the things we saw during the Attitude Era, some of the other things you've heard about um, before that and after that, not surprising, but on the flip side, you can't have a Mount Rushmore of wrestling, especially wrestling promoters or guys behind the scenes or guys that advance the business without including Vince McMahon. And that's the rub for us wrestling fans. How do we reconcile Vince McMahon, the promoter, the businessman, with what we're finding out to have been Vince McMahon, the man. It, it's it's a challenge. So you know, and, and I'm, I'm with you on that, man. Yep, and I think and I think to go back to your Bill Cosby comparison, the the benefit that WWE has is Vince McMahon is no longer seen on their programming, so you can run new programming. I don't know if you can find the Cosby Show anywhere anymore because he's all over it. And so the benefit WWE has is they can move forward without him and they'll continue to put out new programming. And I agree that I don't think WWE as a whole will be affected by it. It's just history will be modified. I hope not. You know, listen, uh, Jay, I'm not big on like, okay, a perfect coming down. Once one statue came down, now it's one after another, after another, after another. Do we even have statues anymore? Okay? Once you start censoring, it just keeps going and going and going. 
They haven't pulled any of Chris Benoit's stuff off the uh, off Peacock, nor should they, because you know what? It's history, and history isn't always good. You have to be remembered that something bad happened, and it's not to me. You know, it's this is important stuff to to remember. And we shouldn't be, you know what, the people who want to watch the Cosby show and enjoy it for what it was should be able to do so. People who want to watch, you know, a Chris Benoit match should be able to do so. Same thing with anything with Vince McMahon or whatever. It's um, it's just, it, it, it's very, uh, it, it's an unfortunate situation. And another one, you know, Hugh Hefner, after his passing, you're seeing women all over the place coming out. The, the guy was a, you thought Vince McMahon is a horn dog. Jesus Christ, Hugh Hefner. So it's, it, it, it just, um, it, again, I don't think it's going to tarnish business, but I do want to say, Tommy, let me just ask you. You said you were pulling your Vince figure off the shelf. These, are you still refusing to have Vince around your store? Ah, uh, listen, I want to see how this all plays out. For right now, there's really nothing uh, in the shop. That that figure it was only it was only a two pack of him and Mystic Man, uh, him and Stone Cold. Someone actually bought that uh, last week. I don't really have anything of Vince. I don't know how long you've been listening. I said earlier in the episode, if someone came in with a Vince McMahon you know, men on card figure that wanted to sell it. I'm not going to, I don't think I would turn it down. Uh, sure. I don't know. It's, it's a weird, when it comes to merchandise, it's a weird situation. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know how I, I don't have anything in there right now. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't, I don't even know how to answer that question. You know, you know, I, I think, you know what, as far as merchandise goes, listen, I'm, I'm a collector. Okay. But I collect, I want to have the whole collection. doesn't matter what the guy did or whatever. Okay, it's just, it, it's a coat. You know, I like to have the collection. I think it, if I buy a Chris Benoit figure, that doesn't mean I support what he did. It means I just want the collection. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, wrestling uh, store owners sell his stuff because it sells. You know, you, you, you're, you're crazy not to. So at the end of the day, we all gotta, we all have bills to pay. We gotta put food on the table. But uh, again, I'm a collector. It's not, you know, I don't support what uh, bad behavior. It's just I'm a collector, and I enjoy, you know, uh, uh, collecting stuff. So it's. Um, and I'll just end with, um, you know, I don't know if anybody brought this up. Um, you know, rest in paradise, only Anderson and Virgil, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Real, uh, you know, you guys, you have any, I, Tommy, I know you met Virgil tons of times. Um, any uh, stories or memories or moments of meeting with them, working with them, or even just watching them? Yeah, I, I told I told a really good story earlier in the episode. Yeah, definitely go back and listen to it. But he, was, he was great to work with. Well, what about Oli? Did you ever meet him? I never. I I met Oli once when I was uh, down in Charlotte for NWA Legends Fan Fest. We had a table there one time promoting an event, and he was there. I never. Uh, I never used him on an event. Uh, I definitely was interested in having him uh, be a part of the Four Horsemen uh, reunion that I have coming up May fourth at the. Men in Sports Arena in Morristown, but I, at that point I heard that his health and everything wasn't that great. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, unfortunately I don't have any stories or anything to share. I, I met him briefly one time in passing. Okay, cool. I, uh, yeah, I, I met, I had the pleasure of meeting Virgil once. Um, good guy. I, unfortunately, like I said, neither of these come as much of a surprise. Uh, we both men, uh, haven't been doing well. Um, listen, Virgil, I loved his role with Ted DiBiase. Unfortunately, their feud was just Eh, I mean, just he just couldn't get anything going as a wrestler. They had to bring Piper in to carry the feud. It was just, you know, but he was a uh, – I loved him with Ted DiBiase and uh, had the pleasure of meeting him and Oli. Uh, I always thought the four horsemen were him, Rick, Arn, and Tully. A lot of people will uh, substitute Oli for Barry Windham, but I think it's because – which is understandable because they held all the titles at one time. They were the first – to hold every title in their company, and they would dominate. The thing is, uh, that the original Four Horsemen made the Horsemen, and only terrible Booker, terrible Booker. He never thought Mick Foley or Undertaker would draw a dime, and he came up with the uh, the Scorpion, whatever the Black Scorpion, Shockmaster, terrible Booker. And from what I've heard behind the scenes. Um, made decisions based on um, things that you're not supposed to judge people on. Um, but uh, a hell of a talker, and um, in my opinion, they are the four horsemen. So with that, um, it's, uh, we're at 10 after 11. Gentlemen, always so good to talk to you. Love all the love all you listeners and Total with Tom. And... Um, can't wait to see you in May, Tom. Tom, but you, you better hope. But you, I, I'll see you. I'll see you in May. Don't worry. I got the wife's blessing. I'll have the Strombolis with me. That's all I need. And I'll be coming out fire, fire, blood. Hell, we, Tommy, we may not make it to '80s Wrestling Con. Shit may hit the fan at the lunch two days prior. So I would get the. I would tape the windows if I were you. Anything breakable. Put the WrestleFest room, um, yeah, I would uh, pad the whole damn store. So, hell, I'd cancel the damn lunch if you want to have an 80s wrestling con. So, uh, we can't do that because the thought of you and Tom uh, meeting two days prior to 80s wrestling con, maybe we can do a, a, a press a conference challenge at the store or something like that. Jay, what do you think? You maybe... Know. An official hey, anyone that conference. Comes, anyone coming to the anyone that comes to the to the radio show luncheon, not radio show, podcast show luncheon on May the second. Again, anyone that uh, hasn't heard yet, we are doing a uh, get together on Thursday, May the second, uh, here at the Wrestling Collector in Stockholm, New Jersey. Uh, a lot of people come in from out of town to come to Age Wrestling Con. Uh, I know last year we had a bunch of guys here. Jumping Jay will be here. Uh, we just found out Brian will be there, and Toto Tom is definitely going to be there, amongst others. So anyone that lives in the New Jersey area or is coming out for 80s Wrestling Con, you're more than welcome and invited to come here at the Wrestling Collector on Thursday, May the 2nd, around noon. We are going to have a uh, 80s Wrestling Podcast party. Brian, we've got to let you go, man. We have one last call. We're doing overtime today. We'll talk to you next week. We're here on the show, man. Thank you. Thanks for, for taking me, and have a go, guys. God bless. Hey, thank you, sir. 
That's right. One caller that's been waiting in their wing. <clears throat> I got to clear my throat. I got to make this sound good because the next caller is a world renowned announcer nicknamed the voice for his velvety smooth vocals. It's time for Matt, the voice. Matt, thank you so much for hanging on and thank you for calling in. Good to hear from you, sir. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me. Matt Capitello, how are you, my friend? Doing all right, thank you. Doing all right. I saw the uh, subject matter and had a, had a few free minutes, so wanted to just uh, call in and weigh in on the Vince McMahon situation. Um, sure, man. I, I do think everybody needs to be heard and vetted, and if the day in court comes, people do deserve their day in court. I mean, I have heard some points brought up and not to trivialize any one situation, but, you know, what Janelle Grant is accusing Vince of, we haven't seen what her responses to the texts were. We've seen the gifts that were exchanged and accepted, but, you know, Ashley Massaro had the most horrible human violation happen to her overseas in Kuwait, had it swept under the rug and ended up taking her own life some 10 years later. Um, as far as what his legacy will be, I think there will be among WWE a distinct differentiation between VKM, the character, and VKM, the boss. I mean, just like they did with Vince Russo in 2000. That's not the character. That's Vince Russo, the boss, coming out to speak. And I do think, though, when you mentioned the Harvey Weinsteins of the world and all that, Dimension Films or Miramax, whatever it was, Bob Weinstein manned the helm and disassociated himself from his brother. We still watch Dimension Films. We still watch Dimension Films distributed by Harvey Weinstein with some of his victims in them. Uh, I should say some of his accusers. I mean, look at Scream, Rose McGowan, prime example right there. We still, we're still watching it some 25-plus years later. I don't think Vince as a character will be bigger than the product, but I do think that there are some people even – in the organization now that it's merged with TKO celebrating this, who have really had a lot of disdain for Vince over the years and would like to see every uh, proverbial fiber of him dead and buried with all of this scandal. And I, I hope Toto Atom isn't right when he says it's never going, it's going to be a payout and it's not going to go to court. I think when life is lost, innocence is lost and you know, human violations are committed upon each other. Sadly, it has to go to court. I think that's how it should play out. Hey, Matt, real quick before before we let you go, you grew up like like me and Jay did, diehard, diehard, diehard WWF fans in the '80s. So, uh, how how what before this all came out? What was your uh, what was your stance? What was your feelings? Uh, what was your is Vince McMahon someone that you held in the highest of regards before this all happened? And then when you heard it, what was your reaction? Were you surprised? And has your feelings changed from this information? I always admired Vince as a shrewd businessman who did run a tight ship and put out a very good product. But I think if you're focusing on uh, rendezvous and text messaging and all this stuff involving women and other people under you, you're not focused on business. So I can't admire him for that. You know, if you're, if that's, if you even deviate for 30 seconds, then that's 30 seconds. You're not focusing on your product and on your business. 
So if if it all this is proven to be true, I guess he's not the hardcore workaholic he really is. I mean, more like uh, sex addicts, for lack of a better term, might bleed in with the alleged workaholic that Vince is. I mean, I still hold him in high regard as a tough businessman, but I can't admire someone who especially wants to put themselves out as a tough businessman and then gets accused of deviating from business on business hours, especially. I mean, it's, uh, it goes on everywhere. And I do think that uh, some of why Vince may have done what he did, the reason he didn't take certain things seriously or think things are okay. I mean, all you have to do is look at that Playboy magazine interview, I think from 1999, it's all right there. But I think part of this could also very much result in male victims in the workplace in general, in terms of sexual harassment and workplace bullying by any and everybody at the workplace. I think it could shine some big time light on that. But I think WWE will go the way of Dimension Films. It's still the machine is still going to roll on even without Vince. Very, very interesting. Uh, very, very interesting point of view there, Jeff. Yeah, I agree with Matt that the machine's going to keep rolling on. That uh, this is in the news right now. We'll probably learn more in the coming weeks. But uh, in the long run, the machine will continue to put out uh, new content and new fans will continue watching and new fans will will come along in the future. And so, yeah, I don't think I don't think the future of WWE or pro wrestling is in jeopardy. I just think it'll be interesting to see where the legacy of McMahon ends up at the end of all this. Hey, real, chaos, real quick, there's uh, an Matt, Matt, before you go, anyone that lives in the New York, New Jersey area, Matt is actually an unbelievable announcer, and I'm, I'm actually jealous that he can't be the ISPW ring announcer because he's just so busy with boxing events. He does tons of events all throughout uh, the New York, New Jersey area. Anyone out there that lives in the New York, New Jersey area, uh, Matt, that is a boxing fan, where are some of the places they can see you at in the upcoming weeks? Oh, goodness, the upcoming weeks. I've got amateur shows and professional shows on March 7th. I will be doing a pro boxing show at Sony Hall. March 8th, it will be amateur boxing at the Bay Ridge Catholic Academy in Brooklyn. March 9th, doubleheader, Freeport, Long Island, New York, at the Freeport PAL building, an amateur boxing show benefiting uh, children recovering from cancer. And then immediately following that, I'll be heading up to Warwick, New York, just outside of Greenwood Lake on the border of New Jersey for a Muay Thai show. And then the following day, Muay Thai MMA and kickboxing, all in one show, back on Long Island, five shows in four days. And then, uh, unfortunately, I've got two shows falling on the same days as ISPW shows that I really wanted to attend, but I should be able to make at least one of the April shows and 80s Wrestling Con for sure. Awesome, man. I know you're always very, very busy, and anytime I can have the opportunity, sometimes my regular ring announcer, Jay, he can't make it, and then if Matt's available, he'll, he'll, he'll jump in if he's open. Uh, I love, love, love uh, having Matt at the ISPW shows and just Having him around in general, Matt, anytime you can call up the show and uh, talk to us, we'd love to hear from you. Well, we got to wrap this up. We're really over time today. We appreciate you calling in, and uh, hope you have an awesome weekend, my friend. Hey, thank you. You may see me on the way up to Warwick this weekend, depending on time constraints. So don't be surprised if I show nice. up at the wrestling collector. I'd love to see the you, man. What, what day is that? 
Saturday. What, what day is this? This coming Saturday. I'll be I'll be here all day Saturday. All right, Rock and Wrestling Collector. Yeah, don't be surprised if I end up popping in. Awesome, man. We'll see you then. All right, see you then, gentlemen. Take care. All right, thank you, Matt. Well, there we go, Tommy. That was a interesting conversation on Vince McMahon, the good, the bad, the ugly. Where does his legacy lie, and what will this all mean at the end of the day? And as of right now, it's a waiting game. You know, we'll see as uh, his legacy continues to be shaped by what we find out and where it leads. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that today's episode was definitely going to run over an hour just with everything. I'm surprised it didn't last longer than what it did. Uh, yeah, I guess it's going to be a wait-and-see situation, and, and it's going to get more interesting because we are on the road to what is going to be the biggest WrestleMania ever, WrestleMania 40. Um, so, yeah, it should be a interesting year, Jay, to follow professional wrestling and uh, – I'm hoping, I'm sure you are and everyone else is as well, that everything turns out okay and everything's going to be okay because at the end of the day, you know, we are all wrestling fans and we don't want something we love so, so much to be tarnished or ruined by stuff that was well out of everyone's control. So uh, until next week, I don't know what we're going to talk about yet. We'll, We'll figure out something cool. I hope you have a great weekend, Jumpin' Jay. I hope everyone out there has a great weekend. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet for 80s Wrestling Con, they are available now. Head over to 80swrestlingcon.com. Big news we just broke uh, two days ago, Jay. For the first time in nearly two decades, the Young Stallions will be reuniting. Paul Roma and Jim Powers will be at 80s Wrestling Con. Super cool photo op and autograph opportunity for anyone out there that hasn't met them together yet. Also, anyone out there that listens to the podcast, if you can't make 80s Wrestling Con, you can still send your items in to get signed, whether it be a title belt, a figure, or if you just want an 8x10 of one of the guys that are going to be there. Uh, so definitely send us a message on one of our social medias, whether it be 80s Wrestling Con or 80s Wrestling, and someone to get right back to you. But if you have figures or belts, or anything else that you want to get signed and just can't make it to New Jersey, I can help you out and hook you up. So send us a message to our social media uh, today or this weekend, and, and I'll take care of it for you. We're only doing a very, very, very limited amount of mail order because they're just so crazy busy there the day of. So anyone that is interested, definitely send us a message within the next day or two because we will be cutting off uh, the mail order relatively quickly because it's just it's too much going on to be able to handle that so uh, until next week hope you guys have a great weekend jump and jay i'm sure i'll talk to you before then and uh we'll talk to you next week right here on 80s wrestling the podcast